Welcome back to the OU Shnai Mikro Project and our study of Parsha Taira. This is Menachem Niptag, and in today's year we study Shlishi, the third Aliyah, beginning with the beginning of chapter 19. These two angels come to Stoma in the evening, and Lot is sitting in the gate of Stoma. Lot sees them, gets up to meet them, bowing down before them. Something very interesting in the opening Pasuk is that these two men are finally called angels. I'd like to point out that it's because of this Pasuk that most commentators understand that the three men coming to visit Avram Avinu are indeed angels. Because we know there's three of them. Two of them go down to Stom. When they go down to Stom, they're called Malachim. And the third one, the senior one, he's referred to as Hashem himself. There's also a very beautiful interpretation that explains that in the eyes of Avram Avinu, they're referred to as Anashim, because Avram is equal with them in the service of God. Compared to Lot, to Lot they're like angels because he's nowhere on their level compared to Abraham. That's a very nice insight. However, I think there's a more technical reason why they're referred to here as Malachim. Recall in Pasachaf, verse 20 in chapter 18, God had said, I've heard the crying out of stone. And then he says, I'm going to go down and check out the city. Is indeed as bad as it sounds. We're going to see in the Psukim that follow is that what transpires in chapter 19 is exactly how God goes to check out the city. How does God go to check out the city? He sends these two men, which are now his angels, who pretend to be homeless. And the only person who invites them in, we're going to see, is Lot himself. Because these two men are sent by God to check out the city, especially in the context of what we saw in Pasach Chaf and Chaf Aleph and Perak Yudchet, it makes sense to call them Malachim, because in essence, what is a Malach? And Malach is someone sent by somebody else. Someone sent by God to get something done is referred to as a malach. Someone said by a human to get something done is also called a malach. We'll see later in Sefer Bamidbar when Amisro sends a letter to the king of Edom in order to travel through their land, they explain that God God sent the malach and took us out of Egypt. And that malach was Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Anyone sent by God can be called a malach. Here, in this specific situation, because God is going to check out the city, it makes a lot of sense in the Ram of Pshat that now they're referred to as Malachim. So these two Malachim, these two angels, come to Stom in the evening. Lot is sitting at the gate of Stom. What is Lot doing at the gate of the city? So there's a famous interpretation that Rashi brings that Lot was appointed on that day to become a judge. And that interpretation is based on Parshat Shoftim, where we're commanded, Shoftim titen lecha There's a commandment to appoint judges at the gates of our cities. But that's not a technicality. The gate of the city in ancient times would be like downtown in modern day times. The marketplace, all the trading and selling, took place outside the gate of the walled city. Chumash tells us because business is taking place downtown, outside the gate of the city, it's important that justice is done in every town. Therefore, the proper place to have a court system would be right at the gate of the city where any question that comes up at the marketplace can be answered right away by the judges that are sitting at the gate of the city. If indeed the marketplace is at the gate of the city, it makes sense that Lot is sitting at the gate of the city because that's downtown. That's where everybody is. In other words, these two men come to the marketplace of the city and who happens to be there? Lot. Why is he there? That's a normal place to be. As soon as Lot sees them, he notices that they're guests, that they're out-of-towners. He gets up right away to meet them and bows down in a manner almost identical to that of Avram that we saw in the beginning of chapter 18. The question we have to keep in mind here is how righteous is Lot in his behavior? Up until now, not only does he seem fine, 
he seems on par with Avram, his uncle. Pasuk bet by Yomer. Hinei na Adonai suru na abet abdechem velinu v'rachatzurag lechem. He says, please, my masters, just like Avram said, calls them his master, and he is their servant. Please come to my house. Please sleep over. Wash your feet. Then you can get up in the morning and continue on your way. They answer, no, we'd rather stay and sleep on the street. In a certain way here, Lot seems to be even better than Avram. Avram offered them a meal and said, have your meal and continue your travels. Lot, on the other hand, offers them lodging to stay overnight. However, Avram probably would have offered the same thing if these guests had come to him towards the evening. It's because these guests are coming towards the evening and need a place to sleep, he's offering them where to stay. Avram, because they're traveling during the day, they only need a place to eat, but not a place to sleep. Their answer is very interesting. We'd rather sleep on the street, and I think they're testing Lot to see, indeed, is this simply lip service? Is Lot saying, you know, you have an open invitation, but he doesn't really mean it, or is he really serious about his invitation? Lot is very insistent. He demands that they come with him. They follow him. And they come to his house. He gives them some drink. I don't think here it means a party. He gives them food to drink. And he baked for them matzot and they ate. Rashi comments right away that the reason he's baking matzah is because it's Passover. Everyone always smiles when they see that Rashi. That Rashi is not Pshuto Shomikra, but it's Pshuto Torah. I'll try to explain. In Pshat, there's a very simple reason why Lot is baking matzah and not cake and bread like Avram did. Because it's late at night and there's not too much time, the quickest thing to make is matzah. Matzah can be baked in several minutes. Avram tells Sarah, Lushi vasi ugot, you have to knead the dough and let it rise to make uga, to make cake. Because they have much less time, it makes sense he's only making matzah. Obviously what's missing here is where's Lot's wife? That's going to be a secondary theme. There's certainly circumstantial evidence that she was not as dedicated as Sarah. Lot doesn't even bother asking her to bake something. At a deeper level, when Rashi says that this event is taking place on Passover, he's not talking about the calendar date, he's talking about the biblical theme. There's so many events that take place here that are parallel to what happens when we come out of Egypt. There's oppression taking place by a city that's very affluent. We already saw the comparison between Kikari Yardain and Nahar Mitzrayim when those first picked them. Later we're going to see the word Bait Mama. We're going to see punishment in a miraculous manner brought on directly by God for this bad behavior. And all these parallels are going to develop a theme that continues throughout Chumash, how God reacts and is very angered by a corrupt society. So therefore, when Rashi points out that it was Passover, he may not be referring to the calendar date. However, he definitely wants the reader to pick up a biblical theme, which definitely needs to be noticed at a time like this. Up through Pasa Gimel, there's no doubt Lot is doing a wonderful job, and he could definitely be defined as a tzaddik. And if we're keeping tally, if we need ten tzaddikim, we at least found the first one. Pasek David, Terem Yishkavu, before they went to sleep, Vanshei Ha'ir, Anshei Stom, Nasabuhalabait, the men of the city, the men of Stom, gathered around the house, Minar Vatzakein, from young to old, Kol Ha'am Mikatzeh, the entire people from all edges of the city. Pasek David is going out of its way to tell you that the entire community of Stom, from young to old, from all the neighborhoods, come together demonstrating surrounding the house of Lot. What's the meaning of this demonstration? They call out to Lot and they say to him, Where are those men who came to you tonight? 
bring them out to us, we want to know them. Here again, we have what we call in Hebrew, a key word that guides us through this entire story. The Hebrew word, ladat, to know, is used once again in the request of the city of Stone. They want to know these men. And it's very ambiguous, what are they asking for? The classic interpretation is they want to know them in the biblical sense to sleep with them. And hence the word sodomy in the English language begins with that interpretation that what the people of Stone wanted from Lot's guests was to sleep with them. In contrast to Rashi's interpretation that the people of Stone wanted Lot's guests in order to sleep with them, and hence the name sodomy, Ramban offers a totally different approach and his claim was the city of Stone had an ordinance or a law of no guests allowed. We could compare today to a gated community or a country club and there's a very strict policy that no guests can come in. Ramban bases his approach on a very important pasuk in the book of Yechezkel. In chapter 16, Perak Tetzan in Yechezkel, pasuk Memchet and Memtet, verses 48 and 49. In Yechezkel's rebuke of the nation of Israel, he compares the behavior to the city of Stom. And there he says in pasuk Memchet, again, in the book of Yechezkel, Perak Tetzan, pasuk Memchet, Chayani nu Mashem, God swears in his own name, Imastan Stom achotech hi uvenoteha, kasher asit at uvenoteich. If Stom and its surrounding cities behaved as bad as you and Yerushalayim are behaving, in case the people did not remember what was the sin of Stom, Yechezkel the prophet is very explicit in regard to what was the sin of Stom. This was the sin of Stom, your sister. It was a city that had a tremendous amount of bread and food, hence very prosperous because of the Jordan River Valley. The people there were very wealthy. It was very nice and quiet, a beautiful place to live. Nonetheless, despite that prosperity, they did not help the hand of the poor and the needy. She became haughty, and this behavior was like an abomination in front of me. And I got rid of them, destroyed that city, as you saw in the story of the destruction of Stom, as we're reading now in Parshat Da'ira. In the eyes of Yechezkel, the sin of Stom had nothing to do with sodomy or illicit behavior of any sort. Rather, it was a city of prosperity and affluence who couldn't care less about the poor and the needy. This fits very nicely to the rabbi's understanding of Stom in Perki Avot, where they talk about different midot, different attributes and behaviors of people. And the person who says, Shali, Shali, Shacha, Shacha, what's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. In one opinion, this is a regular normal behavior. The other opinion is, this is Midat Stom. This is the way of the city of Stom. This understanding of Stom is a city that, technically speaking, does nothing wrong. No one can force someone else to give charity to somebody else. It's a nice thing to do if they want to. What's beautiful about Judaism, charity is not something which we have the option of doing. The word for that is Saka. In Hebrew, Tzodek means the right thing to do. It's not something we can do if we want, but it's something that we must do. It has to be ingrained in our very nature. Not only Yechezkel, also Yirmiyahu and surely Yishayel, especially in his opening chapter, they compare the behavior of Yerushalayim to the behavior of Stom, in contrast to what Yishayel expects from the nation, to be a nation doing Tzedakah Mishpat, as we know, the last line of the Haftarah before Tisha B'Av. If Ramban's interpretation is correct, it fits beautifully with the theme that we've seen so far in Parshat Va'era and Lech Lecha especially the Pasuk that we saw in yesterday's Aliyah, which formed the introduction to this entire topic, of God choosing Avram Avinu to follow the way of God by doing Tzedakah Mishpat. 
If that's the introduction to the story and allows the reader to understand what's going to transpire, then it must be that the sin of Stom is in the realm of Tzedakah Mishpat and not in the realm of Arayot. This is what makes Ramban's interpretation here so compelling that the law in Stom was no guests allowed. Lot, however, the nephew of Avram Avinu, who traveled with Avram Avinu, even though he picked to live in Stom, there's something ingrained in Lot because of his connection to Avram Avinu that he can't turn a stranger away. So Lot indeed is a tzaddik in Stom and Lot insists on his right to take care of these guests. The people in Stom, in contrast, have a law and they're so dedicated to that law that if someone dares to bring a guest into his house, the entire city comes out in full force, young to old, they demonstrate, they surround the house and say, that guest has to leave. What are they worried about? If one person like Lot allows one guest in, news will get out that this is an open neighborhood and the next week 20 guests will come, the next week 50 guests will come and the beautiful country club is going to fall apart. There's a certain logic to these laws in stone. In fact, in all the Midrashim about stone, there's always mishpat, there's always judgment, but there's no charity, there's no tzedakah. Therefore, in the rest of our discussion of Perikyotet, we're going to follow the direction of the Ramban and use that to explain the events that transpire. Let's continue now with Pasuk Vav, where we see Lot's reaction to this request. Verse 6, Lot went out to meet them by the door of his house, but immediately he closed the door behind him to protect his guests. And he says to the gathering outside his house, My brethren, my neighbors, my friends, do not be evil. Don't be so mean. You would think that would be enough. You would think it would be enough for Lot to say, don't be mean, the way the Ramban explains, don't kick my guests out of town, let them stay overnight, what's the big deal? In the next Pasuk, in Pasuk Chet, in verse 8, all of a sudden Lot seems to have a change in character where he says something which is very strange. Behold, I have two daughters, Asher lo yadu ish, notice the word again, ladat, who know no man, in other words, they've never been married, otzina eten alechem, let me take my two daughters out to you, vasu lahem kato and do to them whatever you want, rak lanashim el atasu davar, but to these men, who are now my guests, please don't do anything to them, kelkein ba'u betzel korati, because after all, they have come under my roof, and I'm protecting them, they're my guests, please leave them alone. If Lot is a tzaddik, if Lot is a righteous person, why would he be willing to offer his daughters instead? It makes sense when he asks them, please be kind to my visitors and don't kick them out of town. But why does he offer his daughters instead? I like to suggest an interpretation that keeps Lot, at least at this stage of the story, still in his righteous position. And Lot is saying something very sarcastic to the people who have gathered. If the Ramban's interpretation is correct, that the sin here is about hachnasat orchim, is about the lack of willingness to allow anyone to entertain guests. What Lot is saying in a sarcastic way is, I'd sooner give you my daughters than these two men. Lot isn't saying, take my two daughters, and the people of the city of Stom are not interested in his two daughters. They don't answer, Lot, no, we want the men, we don't want the women. Or give us both. They don't relate to that at all. We're going to see that in their reply. What Lot is telling them, he's giving them musar, he's giving them rebuke, and telling them, you're a society where people respect their daughters. The value to me of taking care of my guests is as important to me as your value of the honor of your daughters. Just like none of you would give up your two daughters to a gang, I would expect the same behavior and treatment of my visitors. To support this interpretation that Lot is not actually offering his daughters, but rather he's being sarcastic with them and accusing them of being immoral, let's follow the conversation as it continues in Pasuk Tet. They say to him, get out of the way, get out of here. Someone has come now to dwell. In other words, you're new in town. 
You yourself are almost like a visitor in town. And now you want to judge us? Vaishpot Shafot, Rashi explains that he was appointed a judge earlier that day. But that doesn't fit into the story here at all. Rather, Vaishpot Shafot means you're being judgmental of us. The people of Zdom understand that Lot's rebuke was judgmental of them. And therefore they're saying, who are you? You're new in town and you're judging our way of life? You're judging our society and telling us that we're immoral? Now we're going to be meaner to you than to them. In other words, they want to kick Lot out of town because he's breaking city policy. They insisted very much with this man Lot and they came closer to break down the door. They were not willing to give up on their city law. Get these men out of town. These two men, the two visitors, sent out their hand and they brought Lot inside the house. And now they closed the door to protect Lot. Remember in the beginning, Lot closed the door to protect them. Now they closed the door to protect Lot. The men who were standing outside the house, the mob, they smote them with blindness. From small to big. In other words, from the youngest people there to the oldest people there. Therefore, they were unable to find the door. This proves once again that the entire city of Sdom was gathered outside. And it wouldn't make sense if their complaint is that we want these two men to sleep with them. Why would a mob of hundreds, maybe thousands of people, why would they be interested in sleeping with two men? On the other hand, if this is a city ordinance of no guests allowed, and this is a value which is very important to the people of that city, we don't want to begin anyone harboring guests in our town, it makes sense why the entire city is there. It especially makes sense why the Torah goes out of its way to tell us that the entire city was present in this demonstration. Recall that God had promised Avram Avinu that if he would find even ten righteous people in the city, I would save the entire city. We see from here that other than Lot himself and maybe his family members, there's no one else in the city of Stone who's willing to speak up or stand up for Lot's opinion. It's this behavior that God sees in Stone. And it's for this reason that God is able to destroy Stone. As God said before, I'm going to go down and check out the city. He indeed checks out the city by sending these two men, his two malachim. And this decadent behavior of the people of Stone causes their own downfall. Now that the decision has been made to destroy the city, the men have to save Lot and get out of town. The men said to Lot, Who else is here with you? Maybe your son-in-law, some sons or some daughters. Any relative of yours in the city, take them with you and take them out of this place. Why? We're coming now to destroy this place. Because the crying out from oppression that they're causing is great in the face of God. And God is sending us to destroy it. Lot goes out and speaks to his sons-in-law, those who took his daughters. Lot tells his family members, Get up and get out of this place, because God is coming now to destroy the city. Look at the end of Pasuk Yadavad, in the end of verse 14, in the eyes of his sons-in-law, it appeared the Lot was simply joking or just kidding. The word again, The theme of tzchok, of laughter, it's not by chance that Chumash uses this word to describe the attitude of the sons-in-law who are typical members of the city of Stone. They don't see the hand of God behind anything. And the very idea that God could destroy a city for this type of behavior in their eyes is a big joke. Uchmo shachar Allah, as dawn was about to break, 
the Malachim began to hurry load up. Kum Get up and take your wife, Vetshtebenotecha, Hanim and your two daughters who are present here in the house. Pentis Safeh Bavon Lest you become destroyed and swallowed up with the sin of the city. Pasik Tetzain, Vait Mahama. If you need any other proof of the Torah's use of key words to make the reader note that there's a parallel here between coming out of Egypt, Chumash tells us in Perikid when they take the dough and they bake it as matzah, leaving Egypt, they were told they weren't able to wait anymore, just like Amisar was rushed out of Egypt late at night towards early in the morning. In the same way, these malachim are rushing Lot out of stone early in the morning and Lot himself is taking too much time and they have to, and they have to encourage him to leave as soon as possible. So again, Bait Mahama, Lot was hesitating. So these two men grabbed him by the hand, he and his wife, and they took his two daughters by hand as well, because God had mercy upon him. They took him out, and they placed him outside the city. And it came to pass, when these two angels took Lot and his wife and his daughters outside the city, he says to them, save your soul by running away. Don't look backwards. Don't stand in any of the area of this entire Jordan Valley. Run away up to the mountains, lest you be swept away with this destruction. Notice again, like we saw back in Perak Yudalad, when destruction is happening in the area of stone, the place to run away is the mountain range. This has added significance, considering that Avram Avinu is in Hebron and Elonim Amre, up on the mountain range, and Lot is down in Kikar Yardain, the theme that began already back in chapter 13. Lot said to them, Please not, my lords, please don't make me go away to the mountain range. I see already that I found favor in your eyes. Finding favor we see many times is when God picks one person to save him from a group that's being destroyed. Just like Noah found favor, and when God picks Moshe Rabbeinu and says, let me destroy them and save you, that's also called So Lot says, I see that I found favor in your eyes. And I see the tremendous kindness, the chesed, that you've done for me, to keep my soul alive. I can't run away to the mountain. Why? Because there, the evil might catch me and I'll die. It's very difficult to understand why Lot is afraid to run away to the mountain range. Chazal's interpretation here, as usual, is right on the mark. The mountain range is Avram Avinu. Compared to Avram Avinu, Lot to nobody. Compared to the people in stone, Lot is righteous. Lot is afraid that his only reason why he looks so worthy is because his behavior is tremendous in contrast to the people in stone. Therefore, Lot's afraid compared to Avram Avinu, his lack of worthiness will become more apparent to God. Therefore, he prefers, let me stay down, let me stay down here in the Jordan Valley. There's a city nearby. Let me run away there. Mitzar can be translated as insignificant or narrow or small. Save this one city. Let me run away there. Let me run away there. It's insignificant and that will save my soul. Lot is going to run away there and that city is going to become Tsar. And remember back in Perakud Gimel when Lot lifted up his eyes. Take a look at Perakud Gimel. Pasuk Yud. Verse 10 in chapter 13 back in Breshit. Lot lifted up his eyes. Vayard Koki he saw the whole Jordan River Valley. Kichulomashke was full of water. Before God destroyed Stom and Amora. 
Kigan Adonai Keretz Mitzrayim, like God's garden, like the Garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt. And then Chumash adds, Boachat Tzor, all the way to the city of Tzor. Tzor only gets its name later in our story. Lot lifted up his eyes, seeing prosperity, seeing the good life in Kikar Yardin. Where does he end up? Boachat Tzor, he ends up in the city of Tzor. The Pasuk in Perikid Gimel is already preparing us for what's going to happen in Perikid Chet. There's no doubt that Chumash, by doing so, is highlighting the difference and the distinction between Avram Avinu and Lot. Lot's not a bad guy. He's not evil, but he's not Avram Avinu. Am Yisrael is modeled after the behavior of Avram Avinu, as is highlighted over and over again in these psukim.